Hi, this is John Stein, Executive Director of the Open Voice Network, and we're all about making voice worthy of user trust, and this is the Future of Voice podcast. And again, we have the pleasure of bringing back Freddie Feldman. Freddie, the Director of Voice and Conversational Interfaces at Walters Kluwer Health CE out of Chicago. He's a voice and technology innovator, speaker, and I would say an innovative thinker, asking some of the tough questions that oftentimes we like to avoid. And he's also, with great gratitude, he's an uh, industry advisor of the Open Voice Network. Freddie, thanks for joining us again. Really appreciate it. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You know, um, you have taught us and you have presented, and we were together at the Vive um, Medical Show in Miami earlier this year, but you've done an awful lot of thinking about the importance of, we're using a broad term here, of inclusivity within the broader voice space. And, you know, it's a, it's a term that people can toss around and have good intentions about. But let's start by just from your perspective. You've been in voice. You are a voice person. You're a musician. You think about audio Give us kind of your operative definition of inclusion when it comes to voice technology and communicating from a business to a consumer. Just, you know, walk us through that. Sure. I mean, I think that my focus, there's a couple different areas of focus when it comes to inclusion. My focus lately has been on the output side of a voice interface. There's, right, we've got two sides. We've got input and output. We've got listening to the user, or in my case, I, I may flip back and forth saying user and patient because patient is usually uh, how we refer to our users, uh, Walters Kluwer. We've got the input where we listen to the patient and the output where we speak to the patient. And there has been a lot of discussion, thought, work done to improve inclusion on the input side. And it, it sounds like that one's to me that one's the harder one that it's not as obvious to uh, to someone i think who's looking at that we've got input and output which one do you think is a bigger problem and people seem to go towards the input and that's probably because of struggles people have experienced already with uh, the input side right so we've got not just on the voice side of things but like when it comes to facial recognition other types of ai where you're recognizing faces, there's been a lot of issues and there's documentaries and books and articles and, and podcasts and things like that where they discuss algorithmic bias, right? And their algorithms aren't designed to recognize faces or voices of all kinds because they weren't trained on them. And that's a big problem. And it's one that's being addressed, maybe not fast enough. Uh, and there's a lot of you know people upset and rightly so, that, you know, shouldn't have to be addressed at this point, like this should have been looked at from the outset, right? And that's, that's the discussion. And so there's great work being done there. And, and I, being a, a, a singer, a voice actor, and all, you know, a lot of focus on the voice and the sound of the voice, my focus is on the sound of the voice that's coming out of these interfaces, the output side. And when you're listening to voice interfaces that are all around us and it, at that five presentation I gave, I play this sort of supercut of like VUIs. I'll say VUIs, this is easier, right? Voice user interfaces. VUIs throughout the ages <laughs> for the past few decades that we've heard like Kit 
and computer on Star Trek and Hal. And then all the way up till now, including like, I haven't seen it yet, seen the trailer for Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear, new Buzz Lightyear movie. There's a voice assistant in, in Buzz Lightyear that is also a white voice. These are all Caucasian white voice actors that are voicing these interfaces. And it is very rare that you hear a voice of color. And it's subtle, especially if you're a white user, <clears throat> you may not notice it. I start to now notice it everywhere because I start looking at it, right? But like, it's a real issue with connecting with the interface when you've got all of these things around you that don't look like you or don't sound like you. And it makes you feel there's that sort of otherness feeling. And to feel more engaged with the interface, especially with what we do at Walters Kluwer, which is patient-centric, healthcare-related, patients prefer, by and large, a doctor that they can connect with. In a lot of cases, they look like or they have a similar background to. And that could be all kinds of things. And even from an accessibility standpoint, you may want to see a doctor if you you're missing a limb, if you're blind, if you're you're hearing impaired, you may prefer a doctor who is going through that experience with you and has a similar situation, similar issue that you have. And so it all comes back also then okay. to what we can control on the on the voice interface for what I do. And so we it, it occurred to us that the voice on our interfaces are also currently only white. And that we need to open that up and diversify it so that more patients can connect and engage with it more comfortably, potentially, mm -hmm. right? And just recapping, Freddie, yeah. to, to the great points you made, you know, and, and mm -hmm. listeners, you know, the, the input side that is, am I being heard? Am I being understood? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm speaking to all of you with what's been defined as kind of a Midwest, white Caucasian, Cincinnati TV voice. <laughs> Right, something like that, yeah, and and sure. and it's easy for me to be heard within the world of voice, but it's difficult for others of different dialect, different language to be heard. But then you're making the point of you know the output of speaking, and and you know maybe it's just because I'm of my age, but you know there was always the you know I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV, and that's <laughs> you know you know a white guy, right? right. You know playing that role with the white jacket. And so you're making the point that in order to be, in a sense, to have the confidence or the trust, and we use that term a lot, the Open Voice Network, you have the trust that you're being, you're going to be heard. It's not just will you be heard, but the individual who's speaking to you, that experience is going to be extremely important. Tell us more. I mean, what kind of steps or what kind of things have you done on the output side, which I think right. is a great distinction, you know, input, output, mm -hmm. inclusivity, important on both sides. Tell us more about right. that. And there's even on both input and output, there's two different aspects or, or dimensions that you can consider. There's the voice and there's the words, right? And so even on the input side, there's not just recognizing different types of voices with different accents, potentially, but it could also be the words they're using. So they, on the NLP side, on the natural language processing or natural language understanding side, understanding what the patient is saying, the same thing when we write, we're writing scripts for these voices on the output, right? And so we do have to consider the word choice and the phrasing, how we say certain things, 
and and that matters as well. But we still primarily focus on the sound of the voice, right? The audio, the spoken voice. And so what we did was a couple of years ago now, uh, sat down with our, we were discussing the, uh, the whole concept, uh, myself and our editorial director. And the editorial team in Walters Kluwer Health CE writes the scripts and creates the programs for our multimedia programs. So we have our Emmy Engage programs are these multimedia videos, animated videos that you can watch as a patient. You get prescribed by your doctor to watch, you know, ahead of a procedure or learn more about quitting smoking or, you know, living with heart failure or COPD or coping with depression after surgery or something. There's all, I mean, hundreds of topics. And they utilize a voice actor, the same voice actor we share for their programs as well. So we discussed it as a whole for our whole creative team. And it was like, what do we do about this situation? And we decided we're going to find a new voice actor. This is not a replacement for for Deb, for our existing voice actor, who we've been working with like 15 years, uh, at least on our Engage programs, our multimedia programs. And then our IVR came on uh, maybe eight years ago, and we've been working with her on those. So she is the voice of Emmy, which is our brand, Mm -hmm. our programs. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's time to you know diversify and 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 it doesn't have to be one single voice because it's not one voice fits all. So we decided what do we do? We we approached Deb's agent and said we're looking for to audition. We need some candidates that we'd like to audition uh, these actors that are people of, persons of color. We are staying currently with female, uh, mostly because that's a whole other discussion: male versus female or a non-binary voice whether that makes it it makes a difference in the connection we have a tendency on our programs we do have for some of our engaged programs our videos we have on male health topics we do have a male voice actor on our ivr we don't cover those topics so we haven't utilized that voice and so for the first first shot here of what we were going to do we were looking for a female black voice actor there's other considerations a latinx voice actor in the future as well perhaps asian american something like that but we went through the process we got some candidates from from the agent we want to be very upfront with deb about what we were doing she was totally cool with and on board with it and just so that everybody knows what's going on and be very transparent right and not she's not being replaced sure this is to augment and enhance and it's great. So we auditioned, we, we got some samples of the various actors that we were, you know, that were submitted to us and we had to review them and decide which was the best one. And it's not a normal process that we have gone through. I've gone through in the past and selecting, you know, uh, auditioning voices, a voice actor for, for a gig or for, you know, as a singer or things like that. There's just different things we're listening for because one, we're listening for the quality of, of the read and consistency sure. and things like that. But now we're also listening for the, the timbre of their voice. And, and if people, if we think people of color that are listening would connect better with it. And to be honest, m- much of our team is, is white. And so, and that's another, you know, issue that we're addressing with Walters Kluwer. And there's a big effort to, you know, uh, increase our diversity on the staff. But we made sure to send out those samples and send out surveys uh, regarding the samples around the company and to some external contacts as well that were not white. And to make sure that like everyone was really, we were making sure like we're not picking this, right? And it, uh, there's a, it, it's funny because I saw it this, this weekend and 
I don't know, this is a diversion. I'm not going to go too far off on this, but like there's that documentary. I think it's on Hulu, but it's a documentary about uh, Victoria's Secret and how uh, Victoria is a made up fictitious person that was created by a man. (laughs) And so, yeah, like we didn't want to be, you know, a group of white people selecting a black voice for, uh, you know, for black patients. So that was really important to us also. So we opened it up, sent it around to as many people as we can connect with and get feedback. And we had a lot of varying, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, everybody loved in the end who we selected, but it was interesting when we had them rank what people were ranking for. Um, we had, we asked for some, you know, not explanation or rationalization, but like, you know, just, you know, some thoughts on, on the rankings. And it was interesting to hear what people thought in the end. The consensus was that this this one we had very strong feelings for this one voice actor, Kristen, who we then selected as a, as a new a new voice of Emmy, and immediately began recording with her. So she recorded our multimedia program that went out shortly after COVID hit about COVID pandemic, about the the virus and, and what to look for. And we also had IVR programs that went out right away, March 2020. And but like right after Kristen was selected, we we had her record, I believe, the COVID multimedia program. Mm-hmm. We started having her record our COVID vaccination shortly after that, our COVID vaccination program that went out on IVR to really encourage the community to, to seek those the vaccine and, and, and get in the importance of it and then the importance of getting uh, boosters and things like that. And we recently, we did a COVID post-discharge COVID follow-up program where we call patients. If a patient goes into a hospital, for any reason, for this is specifically at one of our clients, but we're going to roll it out to some others. They test every patient that comes in for COVID. And if they test positive, they would get this program after they leave the hospital. And we call them for two weeks. We call them every day for a week and then every couple of days for the second week to follow up on their, their symptoms and see how they're doing. So these aren't patients that were necessarily in the hospital for COVID, but they presented they had COVID while they were there, right? So we know about it and we're following up. So uh, we made sure to record that with Kristen's voice as well immediately to make sure that we were connecting with that community, which has been underserved, especially when it, you know, comes to to the pandemic, I think. And the the numbers are, are not great for the Black community when it comes to, you know, hospitalizations and deaths uh, during the pandemic is much worse in that community. So I, th- I, we made the decision that that was a real important choice for us to use that voice. Colleagues, we're going to have another session and just continue this conversation with Freddie, but this has been the Future of Voice podcast from the Open Voice Network. I'm with Freddie Feldman. I'm John Stein, Executive Director. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.